There are seasons where God calls us into himself so that we can emerge more refined as gold. The goal is not to continue hiding when God says go, grow, climb, for we shall enter in due season reaping because we faint not in doing well, for we must stand boldly in the confidence that God is working on our behalf behind the scenes. Plus, logic cannot go where faith has plans on taking us. It's here. Our expectations can get us into the biggest trouble, often leading to disappointment, for we must find solace in not fully knowing, but knowing all is well regardless, and I get it. It can be hard finding safe spaces outside of ourselves to hold it without distortion, without distorting it, without expecting from what doesn't have the capacity to offer what's to be expected or disappointed at what God is actually doing to protect us. It's here. Our character is formed. As we partner with the work laid before us to manifest through our hearts transformed. <laughs> What's up, guys? This is Carly Janae, and thank you for tuning in to season two of Naked and Exposed, the podcast. What is up, you guys? And welcome back to this episode. How are you guys? I just want to do a, a quick check and a quick moment of reflection. I just want you to close your eyes. Breathe. Inhale. Hold it. Exhale. How are you feeling? Like, honestly, how are you feeling? I think sometimes we don't give ourselves the permission, one, to breathe, and we don't give ourselves the permission, two, to feel. And I know for me, it's not always easy breathing and feeling and allowing myself to 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 just sit in the pain but I can't say over the last 2 years that this has been the 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 base of my process is allowing myself to fall to my knees and if it means I'm crying if it means that I just don't have the words if it even means me saying god my pride is rising and I don't have the, I I just, it's my pride. Like my pride is in the way. And it's like, it's in those moments for me where I can just take a back seat and give it over to God. And the main thing that has been echoing over all of these episodes is it hurts to heal, but it's worth who we are becoming. And I'm so grateful for the last episode because I feel like it was a moment for me to really just be vulnerable um, because sometimes it's hard to be vulnerable out of the notion that somebody can use this information against me. But one of the things that I'm learning is that if God is showing it to me, if God has revealed it, if he's exposing it, if he wants to heal it. Nobody can use anything against me. Nobody can use anything against you, especially when you are aware of it. And it's like when God's actively working on it, it doesn't hurt as much 
when the enemy comes and tests you. And so one of the biggest things that I am trying, and not even trying, but I have to just sit in the, is this area of, of the disappointments and realizing that disappointment only comes when you have false expectations. And man will fall short every time up against your expectation of what it should look like from your perspective. And for the first time in my life, I don't feel obligated to beg anybody to be a part of my story. I don't feel obligated to go back into this self-rejecting mindset of what's wrong with me or there's always something wrong with me. Like, no, I don't have to be victim and I don't have to offend out of pain. And it's, it's a very raw space. And I find myself crying happy tears because for the first time in a long time, I have given myself permission, really the first time I can see the fullness of it, that I have given myself permission to just be. Like my elder um, mentioned the yet the other day, a week, I guess it, by the time you listen to this, it will be a couple weeks, but she mentioned how and just highlight it because this is what the Bible talks about. But the the there our members are are warring against each other. So you have this light and darkness roaring, like warring against each other. All right. So Paul says in Romans, what is this? This is Romans seven, and I'll start with fifteen. It says, "I'm a mystery to myself." For I want to do what is right, but end up doing what my moral instincts condemn. And if my behavior is not in line with my desire, my conscience still confirms the excellence of the law. And now I realize that it is no longer my true self doing it, but the unwelcome intruder of sin in my humanity. For I know that nothing good lives within the flesh of my fallen humanity. The longings to do what is right are within me, but willpower is not enough to accomplish it. My lofty desires to do what is good are dashed when I do the things I want to avoid. So if my behavior contradicts my desires to do good, I must conclude that it is not my true identity doing it, but the unwelcome intruder of sin hindering me from being who I really am. Through my experience of this principle, I discover that even when I want to do good, evil is ready to sabotage me truly. Deep within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God, but I discern another power operating in my humanity, waging a war against my mor the moral principles of my conscience and bringing me into captivity as a prisoner to the law of sin. This unwelcome intruder is my humanity. What an agonizing situation I am in. So who has the power to rescue this, these miser this miserable man from the unwelcome intruder of sin and death? I give all my thanks to God for his mighty power has finally provided a way out through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. So it left. So if left to myself, the flesh is aligned with the law of sin, but now my renewed mind is fixed on and submitted to God's righteous 
principles. And so it's this reality that we have two things operating within us. We have sin, which is to keep that, which it keeps us separated from Christ. And we have the righteousness of God. God's word in Matthew 6, 33 says, seek first the kingdom and righteousness and all the things will be added onto you. We are to seek God, seek his ways, seek his character, seek his nature, seek his law, seek his rules. Why? Because God creates these things for us to follow because it is for our good. It is for our good. And we don't do it because we have to. We don't have, we don't do it because if we don't, we go to hell. We do it because we love him. Whenever you love somebody, you do what is best for that relationship. And one of the things that Elevation Church taught me is when I want to complain like the children of Israel and I want to go down this bunny trail of why me? Or I'd rather not be doing this. It's so easy to find a complaint. It's so easy to not feel like it. But it's not that I have to, it's that I get to. I have it's I get the opportunity to do what the Lord is calling me to do. I get the opportunity to show up for this person who's never had somebody to show up for them. I get the opportunity to say that I just don't have it. <laughs> And in this moment, as echoed in the last episode, it's God's strength that is made perfect in our weakness. It's God's strength who carries us through to not sin. It's God's strength that gives us this opportunity to just be who he has called us to be. And I know one of the things that irritates me the most is this notion that, oh, we you know, the excuse that we all fall short of the glory of God. Like, I'm not perfect. Like when people are used, people use it to justify their sins. <laughs> people know they shouldn't be having sex at a wedlock. People know they shouldn't be indulging in pornography. People know that they shouldn't be getting drunk. People know that they shouldn't be allowing anger and rage to run dormant, not dormant, rampant in their life. Like people know that if you go into this area, it's going to have you to act like this. And you cannot tell me that you do not feel condemned, that you don't feel some type of way. And I get it. Like sometimes you get so far out there that the Lord releases you to a reprobate mind. Like he, he, his, you can't feel his presence. You don't think you you can't tell he's there. You eventually allow the convictions to go away. And it's like for me, sometimes it's so hard to shake the convictions, but then I also have to be cognizant of the devil trying to use condemnation to pull me back into the shame and guilt. And so we know that conviction comforts you to recognize your mistakes and to repent and to give it to God in that moment and to not carry the guilt and shame because guilt and shame is not your portion. But I'm also going to pull up Galatians 5. So I'm going to read Galatians 5. And again, anything that I read, anytime I quote the word of God, I just encourage you to go and study it for yourself. The whole point of this is to lead you back to Christ, that it is less of me and more of God in these moments. So I'm going to read all of Galatians 5 in the Passion's Translation, and it says, let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. 
We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. I, Paul, tell you, if you think there is a benefit in circumcision in Jewish regulations, then you're acting as though Jesus, the anointed one, is not enough. I say it again empathetically. If you let yourselves be circumcised, you're obligated to the fulfill every single one of the commandments and regulations of the law. So you guys, Jesus came when he died on the cross for our sins, a death he did not deserve, but he bared our sins. He bared the sins of this world that was entered in by disobedience found through Adam and Eve. He brought with him a new covenant and he came to fulfill the law. So to be, if you read the Old Testament, you'll notice that the Old Testament points to Jesus coming. And as you study and go deeper in the word, you'll see that the Old Testament is pointing of the redeemer that is going to come to win back hell and the grave. Like Jesus died and won back the authority that God had given us. And now we have the authority because we are engrafted in him. We are greater as he that's in us and he that is in this world. Jesus said, I must go so that he can come. And so now we have daily communion. If you look in the old Testament, when you look back at Moses, like there were regulations and laws that, of of speaking to the Lord. And if you weren't really the priest, you couldn't really speak to the Lord. And yes, God wanted a relationship with his people. He wanted to introduce what we now have the opportunity through the new covenant, which is continuous communication with the Lord then. But Israel said, no, the children of Israel said they were scared. And if God showed them, them then they would die. And they curse themselves from being able to have that relationship with God. And God has always wanted this relationship with us. One, he created us in relationship with him. When Adam and Eve ate the apple and they covered themselves and were naked, they they operated out of fear. They operated out of shame. They forgot all that they had learned, all that they were allowed to just be in. They didn't have to strive. They had perfection. And so now on a daily basis, we are in this process of being perfected to look more and more like Christ. The goal is tomorrow to to be a little further than you are today. And so it goes on to say, if you want to be made holy by fulfilling the obligations of the law, you have cut off more than your flesh. You have cut yourselves off from the anointed one and have given away from the revelation and have fallen away from the revelation of grace. But the Holy Spirit convinces us that we have received by faith the glorious righteousness of the anointed one. When you're placed into the anointed one and joined to him, circumcision and religious obligations can benefit you nothing. All that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. Before you were led astray, you were so faithful to, you were so faithful to Messiah. Why have you now turned away from what is right and true? Who has deceived you? The one who enfolded you into his grace is not behind this false teaching that you have embraced. So one of the things when you're reading the New Testament is understanding the context, understanding the audience, understanding who wrote, the book 
and what was going on in that time period. And if you look um, in the New Testament, you see in the letters, there's a consistent thread of being aware of false doctrine and false teachers. Not So he says, the one who enfolded you into his graces is Galatians 5, 8 is not behind this false teaching that you have embraced, which goes, what is he talking about? He's talking about the false teachings in regards to them feeling like they still had to be circumcised, which was a law under the old covenant, which was created during Moses's time. Don't you know that when you allow even a little lie into your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system? This goes back to recognizing God and the enemy in a moment and understanding that sometimes what you feel is not always your feeling and you don't have to come into agreement with it. And it's activating what you have learned. So if you know God's character, you know God is loving, God is kind, God is patient, that God thinks good thoughts of you. When that thought comes into your mind that says, I'm not good enough, you immediately cast it down. You immediately do um, 2 Corinthians 5.10, which is take every thought captive. Excuse me, 2 Corinthians 10.5. I typically get this right. Forgive me, you guys. But it tells you to take the thoughts that are lofty and go against the word of God captive. So in this moment, it's like deep in your heart, like he's saying, like, don't you know that when you allow even a little lie into your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system? All the enemy needs is a little bit. If he can get you questioning who you are, if he can get you doubting everything that God has told you, or even just if he can get you doubting and fearful, he'll take, he'll go further than that. But it's like Paul continues to say, deep in my heart, I have faith that the Lord Jesus, the anointed one who lives in you will bring you back around to the truth. And I'm convinced that those who agitate you, whoever they are, will be brought under God's judgment. Dear friends, why do you think the religious system persecutes me? It is because I preach the message of being circumcised and keeping all the laws of Judaism. Not at all. Is there no longer any offense over the cross? To tell you the truth, I'm so disgusted with all your agitators. I wish they would go even further and cut off their legalistic influence from your lives. Beloved ones, beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Do not allow your freedom to convince you that it's okay to continue sinning because you feel like you are saved by grace. And we are saved by grace, but grace doesn't mean you can use the word, well, we all fall short, so I'm going to keep sinning and keep making mistakes. No. It then continues to say, freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgent that we become servants of one another, expressing love in all that we do. For love completes the laws of God. All of the law can be summarized in one grand statement. Demonstrate love to your neighbor, even as you care for and love yourself. Bro, sis, In order to love your neighbor in the fullness of how God wants you to love them, you too have to love yourself. And that can be a scary thing because we have been taught 
that self comes last. And I'm not talking self, uh, like I'm not talking in this, in the self-indulgent way. I'm talking about it, it, it. Humility is not thinking less of yourself is thinking of yourself less. But also at the same time, even in that you have to be sh- sure that you are emotionally stable that you are mentally stable and that you are physically stable. You have to be willing to die to self, but let me continue reading. But if you continue, this is Galatians 5.15, but if you continue to criticize and come against each other over minor issues, you're acting like wild beasts trying to destroy one another. The Holy, and then it says, as you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the craving of your self-life. For your self-life craves, so this is what can include when it comes to the self-indulgent aspect. For your self-life craves, when we there's going to be a list in the coming um, chapter in the coming chapter verses. So keep bearing with me. For your self-life craves the things that offended the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living that offends that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self life of the flesh and the new creation life of the spirit. Yo, that is what Paul was just talking about in Romans 7. It's this old nature and new nature warring against each other. When Jesus died, when you confessed with your mouth and believed with your heart that Jesus died for your sin, you were then, your old self died in that process. When you're baptized in Jesus, it is an outward symbolism of your old self dying and you coming up new. So it says in Galatians 5, 18, but when you are brought into the full freedom of the spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. The cravings of your self-life are obvious, sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temple tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behaviors. I haven't already warned, haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom of God? Y'all, we cannot keep making excuses to the sin that we keep allowing ourselves to indulge in. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of the spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind, keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. So may we never be arrogant or look down on one another, for each of us is an original. 
We must forsake our jealousy that diminishes the values of others. You guys, I think God is so cool. Um, Not because he's just God, but because he's a master storyteller. He has woven together the Bible, which is God breathed. He says it in Timothy. It is inspired by him that he came upon each individual who has written it for them to leave a timeless message for us to be able to follow God's will and get back to sharing in God's likeness when it comes to our nature, our character, and our attributes because we're created in his image and his likeness and where we struggle on a daily basis is fully manifesting the full representation of his likeness, which was just listed, which is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, self-control. And, oh, God is just so good. This was a difficult episode for me because I didn't want to do it because I have to confront the two warring members in my body and use the voice that God has given me to speak scripture. And I think God is so cool because this was an opportunity for me to exercise my faith and to declare the word by reading it to you guys on the podcast and how even in this moment, God was able to speak to my disappointment. And it's like, or the dis, not even disappointment, but me recognizing how I created this ungodly expectation and not allowing myself to be condemned by it, allowing God to show me how we got here, where the roots could have been, what the truth is, and recognizing that I can be authentically me. And when you're authentically you, you begin to attract the people that God has aligned to be a part of your destiny and to go the distance. And I know sometimes I get sad because I want people to, I want people to go the distance with me. And what's cool about it is I do have people who go the distance with me, but sometimes when that one person that I expected to go the distance with me doesn't, it's like I completely shut off the rest of my community or the people that are surrounded by me. And for the first time, I don't have to. Why? Because when you're in the Lord, the Lord will tell you the purposes of what, of people in your life. And he tells you up front so that you don't create these ungodly expectations. But then even when you do, it's an opportunity for you to exercise everything that you have learned. And again, like I said, like I don't have to beg. You don't have to beg. You just get to be. And if a if somebody that you're loving, and let me be very careful here because sometimes we can easily give up. Sometimes we can easily run. Sometimes we can make excuses to why we shouldn't stay. Because if the actions of a person is still triggering a wound that caused you to backlash or to subtweet or to leash out in anger, no, no, no. Take a step back, fast, pray, spend time with the Lord, seek wise counsel, go to therapy with somebody who is educated, an educated believer and walks in the power of the Holy Spirit because they believe in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit resides in them. Allow them to to help show you truth, to help show you the patterns that you shouldn't be holding on to and just show you your history, like your generational things, like allow that to happen because I don't want to, uh, 
make you guys think that, oh, I don't have to. Oh, they don't think. OK, I'm like it. There should be no pride in this. It should honestly be from a moment of recognizing something that you have always done by condemning yourself and putting yourself down and doing something that contradicts the heart of God. And for the first time in your life, you realize that God is the one that is your, is that, that is your defender, that God is the one who speaks on your behalf. And sometimes you don't have to say nothing. Sometimes you just take it to the Lord. You give it to him. You don't carry the burden. God says that my burden is easy and my yoke is light to cast your cares upon me. It's not for us to carry. We give it to him. As soon as the thought comes, we give it to him and we keep it moving. So I hope you guys are doing good. My challenge for you is to really just sit before the Lord, to get in a quiet space and just allow yourself to check in because you've grown. You're a lot further than you were yesterday. And I want to encourage you to keep going, to submit to the process, to get in a healthy church, to experience inner healing and deliverance and allow the Lord to transform you so that you have the character to sustain all that he wants to do through you. All right, guys, which is cool. When you listen to this, I'll be in London or it'll be the last day before we fly back. (laughs) I'll let you know.